It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Prepare for glory! I want to know if you got your popcorn ready. If you got your popcorn ready. I came out the wrong line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle at the point of Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by the Pulse Podcasting Network. And me, your host, Matt Brady. You can hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. Got a good episode for you guys today. No, I shouldn't even say good. A great episode for you guys today as Mr. Dennis Bennett. You can find him at Culture underscore Coach. Will be with me again today, as always. And we will be talking about the AFC North as we continue our division breakdown. So... This episode will be kind of like what we've been doing in the past few. We will probably do, we're not even probably, we will be doing the top two teams here. So we'll be talking about the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then in the next episode, we will be talking about the Cleveland Browns, possibly the best team in all of the NFL. At least that's my opinion. And the Cincinnati Bengals. Both of these episodes, guys, just to give you a heads up, have been pre Recorded. We are doing these uh, a little bit early. They will be releasing next week due to the fact that I have some family stuff going on. Uh, so I will not be able to record that week with Dennis. So we wanted to get some content out there for you guys anyway. So you had something to kind of listen to and keep our division series going. So they are pre-recorded. I am saying that in the fact of obviously there's a lot of big news going on right now with uh, some trade talks. Um, obviously, the biggest one being Antonio Brown. There's a lot of talk yesterday that he would be going to Oakland, Buffalo, all this random stuff. Well, not random, but all of these different teams, uh, different stuff going on. Obviously, none of that is official yet. And so I just wanted to make sure that you guys knew uh, ahead of time that that's not something we will purposely skip once these episodes come out. I might have some time to jump on there um, and throw something in there at the end of an episode or something like that. But I just wanted to give you guys a heads up that these are pre-recorded. And so that's why we will likely not touch on his destination because we just don't know yet where that is going to be. Um, so we appreciate it, guys. Hope you guys enjoy the episodes. And then me and Dennis, uh, obviously, when we come back to get when we get back together to do the next podcast, uh, we'll break down anything. Obviously, there's already been some free agency stuff. It looks like we already know with trades that are official yet not official. So we'll definitely touch on uh, some of those that have affect the AFC North teams right now. And then once we uh, jump back on the pod here in about a week, we will do everything free agency to kind of get you guys caught up on everything that's happened. So appreciate you guys so much uh 
listening to the podcast, obviously, and, and allowing us to kind of get a break in here and there uh, to spend time with our families. And before I bring Dennis on, as always, i got to let you guys know about who is our ticket provider, not just for us, but the Pulse Podcast Network. It is this awesome site called Ticks Blitz. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TixFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TixFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TixFlix. That's TixFlix.com. T-I-X-D-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Now remember, guys, uh, you guys can use our promo code PULSE, that is capital P-U-L-S-E, to get 5% off all of your tickets. It is well worth it. I can't, you know, we harp on it every episode, sporting events, concerts, anything like that. You know, I know a lot of people have gotten their tickets actually go to Comic-Con. We've got a great pod on here, the Gorilla Brain Pod. Uh, they are into all that kind of stuff and do, I mean, I'm into Comic-Con. I like it. Never been. You can even get tickets with that. They're extremely cheap. No booking fees, no extra fees, nothing like that. The, t- the price you see on the tickets is the price you get. Check them out. I've already used them to get some MLB tickets for when the Cleveland Indians come to town to play the Texas Rangers in a couple months, and I can't wait. And they were extremely cheap. Look them up. MLB season's about to start off. You get the NHL season going on, NBA season going on. Check out this site. Use our promo code Capital Pulse P U L S E and get yourself some really good tickets at a really good. And as always, we have Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today. What is going on? No, I'm having a fantastic day, Matt. That is Enjoying good to hear. Enjoying a nice warm cup of coffee, looking at the gray sky. Oh, gray sky. This is supposed to be a... Uh, you guys having storms or anything up there this week? Weekend, I guess, technically, That's this weekend? It. It's just that time of year in Ohio. I gotcha. Yeah, it's nice. And we finally broke through our cold streak this past week, and it went from, I think it was low 20s... Uh, Monday through Wednesday, and then finally just like jumped up into the 60s on Thursday. It's been beautiful out here the past couple days, so that has been nice for us. Well, yeah, I hope Tuesday you... it was about a low of six, and today we're supposed to have a high of about 55. Oh, see, that's not that bad. I can I can deal with 55. I don't uh the the 20s and everything is not fun for me, but I can deal with 55. Um, I just wanted to say I hope uh, I know you did, but it was awesome having Jared on with us. Um, it was a fun combine episode. I hope you guys both enjoyed uh, all the drops and everything I threw in there. Um, can't, I'm looking forward to doing stuff with that you, with you and him and other people. I know you have done a, a really good job reaching out and getting a couple more people. We've got a, a nice little guest list lined up, so we're definitely going to be throughout the rest of the offseason trying to bring in some uh, new people, new faces, new voices to kind of jump on with me and Dennis here uh, and talk fantasy. So thank you for doing that. I just wanted to throw that out there to listeners because they don't know about stuff like that. Uh, but that, it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait to get some of those guys on here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. we got some hot people in the hopper. It's going to be great. Yes, it is. So, with all that being said, let's jump in and talk about the AFC North. Uh, so, all we've got left is the AFC, and we'll be done with our division breakdowns. Um, as I was talking about 
uh, in the intro, guys. This, uh, just wanted to reiterate it. We are recording this a little bit early. Uh, Dennis uh, knows I've got some stuff going on with my family, so we're going to take a Technically, we're going to take a week break off, and unfortunately, right at the start of free agency. But that's um, you know kind of how things work out sometimes. So, uh, both of this episode, uh, this will be cut into two episodes with the AFC, uh, and we'll uh, put them up throughout the week, and then we'll come back next week and we'll do a full episode on anything that's happened free agency wise. We just don't want you guys to think that we're not paying attention to that. Uh, but we're just going to try and knock out our division series as quick as we can. That way we can start focusing on 2019 and all the changes that are about to be coming now, obviously with the free agency and the NFL drafts coming up. So with that being said, uh, we are starting the AFC North today. Uh, we saw a very interesting shakeup in the AFC North last season. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens ended up winning this division behind their rookie quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who a lot of people thought should not have played last year. Um, many people were in the boat, myself included, that he was not ready to play in the NFL, and it should have been Joe Flacco playing all year. Obviously, Joe Flacco suffered an injury. Lamar came in, played awesome. They didn't want to take him out. Ended up going into the playoffs, so it was a good run for Lamar Jackson. We'll see how we think he's going to move moving forward. Then you got the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, as many have aptly compared them to the Kardashians of the NFL with all of the issues and drama they've had going on there. They're going to be very interesting to get in and talk about those guys because, in my opinion, it looks like the Steelers are falling apart. So that would make uh, that would make what well, AB is uh, Kim and and uh, Lev is Chloe. Oh, uh, you know, I, I don't even know. I would say um, is is Kim the most controversial one? I don't even know anymore. I can't remember who yeah, they compared she, to. She's the one married to Kanye, so she's gotcha. the one that kind of well, created, man. You know what? A little more. I hate to say this because I was talking to somebody the other day, but I'd almost say A.B. is Kanye with the way it looks like he's losing his mind because it looks like Kanye is kind of losing his mind at times now, too, with the way that he talks and acts. So What? <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, what a loser. But uh, that brings us yeah, to... Mental health ain't no joke, that's for sure. Yeah, that then brings us to the Cleveland Browns, who are definitely coming up. They had a... I mean, I, I, yeah, exactly. I don't want to say a great season, but it was uh, definitely a better season than what we've seen in possibly the past decade. So it was awesome to see that. Obviously, it looks like they have their franchise quarterback uh, in tow right now, and they've already made a couple moves that I can't wait to talk about with you. So that is an interesting team moving forward. And then we have the Cincinnati Bengals who brought up the back of the division here, mostly, I think, due to the injury to Andy Dalton. They weren't doing horrible uh, up until that injury against the Cleveland Browns, and the team just kind of went sideways after that. To be honest with you, I don't even remember. I think it was Jeff Driscoll came in and was their quarterback the rest of the year. He's not a horrible quarterback, and I could be wrong. I don't honestly even remember who it was. Um, but that, no, it was Driscoll. He, it was, okay. He buried Jacoby Bassetti in, in yeah. his quarterback play. Exactly. It was, you know, replacement level at best, but yeah. it wasn't as bad as I had expected, I guess. No, oh, yeah, no, he wasn't nearly as bad as I expected either. I mean, he he almost won. I think he actually won them some games, and then almost. I mean, he almost came back and beat the Browns in that first one. So he's not a bad quarterback. Just it was not the. I mean, you lost to Andy Dalton, you lose AJ Green. Your season's, season's going to kind of go downwards, and we'll see where they're moving forward uh, this way as well. They've got a new head coach, uh, so there might be some shakeups coming to them. So the Baltimore Ravens. The big question here, and I think it, it is aptly put here. How will Lamar Jackson's growth, uh, or will his growth, continue to progress in his second year with new offensive coordinator Greg Roman? I, I think it, it doesn't really have any choice. Uh, 
you know, Jackson showed in college that he can be a, a competent passer. He made some, some nice plays with his arm. And coming through the draft process, he was very adamant about not focusing on the athletic part of his game. Now with Roman in there, Roman has historically been a fairly run-heavy offensive coordinator. And with Gus Bradley and Kenneth Dixon, you know, they're going to have a, a decent running game. They're definitely going to need to make sure they shore up the offensive line. Keep that if they can keep that line uh, improving. That will allow that. That'll you know, Jackson. What he needs while he grows is he's going to need time in the pocket. And if he's getting pressure, that's going to make it hard because he'll want to revert and use his legs. Uh, just because that's in college, it was easy for him. He could get outside of the pocket and make a play downfield with his arm in college. Uh, in the NFL, the defenses are a little bit better, and so and they're faster. So when he gets outside of the pocket, now what they did is they pretty much had him. It looked like he was a one read and then go, mm -hmm. and he'll have to he'll have to expand that a little more. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, they're, they're, they currently don't have any help for him. You know, he's got Willie Sneed as his wide receiver one after they let uh, John Brown and Michael Crabtree walk. Not that uh, either one of them were, were upper echelon wide receivers at this point in their career. They have a strong receiving tight end core with Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. They definitely need to bring in a top-tier wide receiver, whether that's through free agency or the draft. Free agency, it'll be somebody that is probably ready to contribute a bit sooner. Given that Roman has been around the league for a while, they they might very well aim for somebody that's played for him before. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how it works because I've always kind of seen Greg Roman's offense as a run-first offense, which I think is going to be very interesting. I think it's actually going to help Lamar Jackson a little bit. Obviously, we saw Alex Collins get hurt last year. Um, I actually thought Gus Edwards played very good. I, I know that uh, the talk was earlier in the season, obviously, after the Alex Collins, uh, I believe it was a DUI. or I know he got arrested. I believe he had drugs or something with him. Um and the Ravens cut him, that Gus Edwards is going to be the guy right now, um, but there is talks about them possibly bringing somebody in to compete with him, which I don't think is a bad thing. You always want competition, especially at that position. Um, but I do uh, I do like Gus Edwards, um, so I think that that will be able to help Lamar Jackson, but you touched on it. The biggest thing is going to be how good is he going to be throwing the ball. He looked wildly inaccurate last year, and um, I remember back in Week 17 when they were playing the Browns for a shot to make it into the playoffs. If the Browns win, they were out. They win, they were in. There was a third down there in the fourth quarter at the end of the game that I distinctly remember. It was like a third and one. and in, or No, it was a third and two, and most times you're expecting the quarterback to pass the ball. They ran a pitch. Or no, it wasn't a pitch. It was a, um, I don't remember what it was. They ran him to the outside for him to to pitch it to the back, and the Browns just, just just blew the play up. It went absolutely nowhere. And in my opinion, that was because they didn't trust Lamar Jackson to throw the ball. That's what needs to change. He cannot win it. I, I know you agree with me. He cannot win it him running it 20, 26 times a game. He's going to have to throw the ball. 
What'll be interesting to me is if Greg Roman tries to adopt some more of these college concepts that saw Lamar Jackson move outside the pocket and kind of throw on the run, try and move and make his get his wide receivers more open. You know, a lot of people like to talk about Sean McVay's offense and how he schemes wide receivers open. He moves them around here and there to get someone on a linebacker that you know is going to win that matchup. So Jared Goff is throwing to almost a completely open wide receiver. I think that that's something that they're going to have to do to help out Lamar Jackson along with Bree on somebody else other than Willie Sneed, obviously. Um, I still like Jordan Lasley. He's a guy that they drafted last year. He's a big kid. I think he possibly could step up, not necessarily into that one role, but I do think that's I think he's the reason why they were okay letting Brown and Crabtree walk um, because the fact that they won the division last year 10-6, and six, I can't imagine they're already looking at the team like, oh, hey, we're going to rebuild now. Now, they, they likely still want to compete. So I think that uh, they must have some faith in Jordan Lasley. And I, I, like I said, he was one of the guys I actually thought might break out last year. So I, I like what uh, they've got around him somewhat, but they, I agree with you. They need to bring in another wide receiver to kind of make sure that Lamar Jackson has uh, weapons to go to on the outside. How do you yeah, th- If Jaleel Scott takes a step, too, he could provide Oh, yeah, see, I forgot about I Scott. I agree with Lasley. He's, some, he's somebody I had stashed on a few teams last year as well. Yeah, I forgot about Scott. See, that's a good – so they might not – I mean, I, I still think they'll draft a wide receiver, but they might they might believe in both of those guys enough that maybe that's why they let both of them go. Um, I obviously just talked about what I thought about Greg Roman and his offense. Do you think that changes much uh, with the offense that he's bringing over? How much do you think that changes the Baltimore Ravens offense? Well, I don't think it's going to change that offense a ton uh, – because they, they were already – Roman took over towards the end of last year, I think, and started to uh, – uh, maybe I'm wrong there. For Jackson, if, I think what they, they need to do is they need to run some two-man concepts on half the field, you know, a short and a deep with an outlet maybe, if they're going to make him pass, to just keep getting him more and more comfortable and just expand. So if you're running Mark Andrews on a 10-yard out and you've got – Jordan Lasley or, or somebody down the field and then somebody coming across on the backside just in case. Now, granted, you don't really want to throw back o- over the middle uh, as a rule, but Jackson has a strong arm and he's pretty accurate. So giving him that opportunity to not have to read the whole field while he grows. So if they start there and by the end of, by the end of the season and they're doing more straight dropbacks with bigger reads. They just have to keep laying a strong foundation and build on it, you know, add a concept, add a concept, add a concept, and, and go from there. All right, so we already touched on, obviously, two of the free agents they lost in Michael Crabtree and John Brown on the offense. Um, they didn't technically lose Alex Collins. They let him go, but I just wanted to touch on him again. We, I just said it, but I want to remind everybody that Alex Collins is now no longer with them as a running back. And they also uh, released Eric Weddle, and then they re- – uh, let C.J. Mosley walk. Now, there's obviously a lot of talk about them bringing back C.J. Mosley. They, they want to. I think that would be a good call on their party. Someone uh, I would hope the Browns would try and target because they need some help at linebacker as well. Uh, but Mosley is by far one of the best linebackers on the market right now. They have about 50 mil in cap space. Uh, obviously, I would imagine we're both on the same boat that Alex Collins, John Brown, and Michael Crabtree are not coming back. So their biggest needs are wide receiver, offensive line, and safety. 
Mosley, I would imagine you agree with me that they need to bring him back since Eric Weddle has, it looks like, already has gone to the Rams. So, Mosley, you're bringing him back in free agency. Are you trying to attack anything else in free agency, or are you going to worry about all your other needs at the draft? Well, I, I agree. Bringing Mosley back is is the, their top priority. Weddle, that's a, you know, him going to the Rams and teaming with John Johnson is uh that's going to be a dangerous backfield over there warm-ups not really but when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous yeah collins is going to be gone for a while brown is going somewhere where he's going to get targets and he just wasn't going to get them in uh in baltimore so he's looking for some place where he can get more targets so really with seven draft picks yeah i i feel like they're gonna have to address wide receiver through the draft because free agents are going to shy away from going there. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to get, they're going to have to overpay substantially for free agent wide receivers. I think because the perception is going to be that their passing game is not going to be very strong and they're going to be very run heavy. So wide receivers will avoid going to Baltimore. So address wide receiver through the draft. So if they go, get somebody at the 22nd pick, maybe wide receivers the way they need to go there just because that's going to get them the best player. Uh, I think at 20, at 22 where they pick, they're also going to have a good shot at one of the top top five or six offensive linemen as well. Mm-hmm. So that should really, that may be, that may be the way to go with no second. Getting back to the, you know, they have two thirds. Maybe you go wide receiver in the first, uh, hit offensive line with your two-thirds, and uh, try to bring in free agents on defense because you're, you're able to you, – you can sell defensive players on, hey, this team is going to be built around the run game and defense, and you're going to be able to rack up some stats. Yeah, I agree with you. Obviously, I just talked about uh, C.J. Mosley, I think, is going to be their main target. They've kind of already come out and said that they want to re-sign him. I imagine they're going to put their full efforts into bringing him back. I wouldn't be surprised if they attack safety some in the free agency as well. I know letting go of Eric Weddle, a lot of people were kind of surprised about. He was getting up there in age a little bit, but there are a lot of good safeties on the market right now. The only one that I can think of that has come off for sure is Robert Alford. Uh, so that might be something they attack in the free agency with some of the money they have left over. And then as you touched on the draft, um, I think that obviously depending on who falls, I think I would probably use my first-round pick on an offensive lineman. I know it's not their biggest need, but it is kind of right there. Their biggest need for a lot of people is wide receiver. With the depth of this class, as you guys uh, all heard on the uh, the Combine review episode that, that you, me, and Jared did, this wide receiver class is really deep. And there's a lot of guys that are right there all linked together. I think a lot of those guys could fall into the third round. Um, maybe they trade up. Maybe they take one of those thirds and something to trade up into the second to get a wide receiver that they really like. Um, I'd be hesitant to take someone in the first unless you have someone like Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf, um, you know, Kelvin Harmon, A.J. Brown. Maybe if one of those guys falls all the way down to 22, which I guess there is a realistic shot that they will, maybe you got to just jump and take one of those guys to kind of completely bolster up your wide receiver core in one pick. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they do that either. But yeah, I, I would definitely uh, attack offensive line and wide receiver as the heaviest parts of this draft. And as you said, they got seven picks. So they could likely still get a lot of wide receivers after the third round because not all these guys are obviously going to go off the board in the first couple. It's not a dynasty uh, dynasty draft like we do where that's what you're going to see. So there will be a lot of guys left over for, them, uh, for them to attack that position. 
who are your dynasty risers and fallers on this roster? Well, I think uh, Lamar has to be the riser. Okay. It's a situation where their offense is going to be tailored to his strengths. That's what they did last year. It would be a shame if they did something like, uh, you know, Ohio State did after they won the national championship. They took Cardale Jones and sort of retooled their offense to fit his strengths, let him be the starter the next season, but completely changed their offense back to what it was, which was a better fit for guys like JT Barrett. If, if Baltimore keeps building their offense around the concepts they were using last season um, and gets the ball out of Jackson's hand so he doesn't have to take so many hits, I don't see how he can not be the riser. If he increases his yards per game passing by 25 yards, gets up to 210, somewhere in that range, 225, you know, that's a pretty, a, a, that's a pretty 15, 20% increase in yardage per game it is a pretty solid increase when you throw in yards and the, the touchdowns he'll get on the ground. So that really, that gives him a pretty good floor. I think Dixon playing a full season, he may, you know, the short passing game might really work to his benefit, and he could he could potentially outtouch Gus Edwards if he shows that he can handle uh, a decent share of the workload on the ground as well. You know, Ed- Edwards has shown he he can't catch the ball. He's he's uh, uh I, I think Jordan Howard might be a better pass catcher than Edwards. <laughs> Yeah. But Edwards has shown that he can find a hole and he can get you, you know, he, he's got good vision and he's a good interior runner. Mm-hmm. And so he, you give him a crack and he's going to get you four, six, ten yards. Um, and, and he's showing that he's, he's really good at that. So he's going to get some touches. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets up around 200 touches, which means that you know, if Dixon gets 150 touches and 130 touches and 75 targets, you know, 80 targets, depending on uh, how that offense rolls, mm-hmm. I could see it built around there. So that I, I would put the running backs in uh, Jackson a, a, as my risers. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was, I was struggling to pick this one here. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm actually going to go multiple ways just because I think Baltimore is going to be right there with Cleveland competing this division, but it all is going to come down to Lamar Jackson. Um, but he's not going to be my riser because I just don't, I don't trust him. I've never, I've, I've talked about many times that I think if they can get everything correct, he's going to be a dynamic weapon, but I just didn't see enough of that last year to think that's actually going to happen for me. It's definitely the running backs in Dixon and Edwards. I think those two are going to get a heavy workload. I like Edwards a lot. I think he showed a lot at the end of the year. He showed he can be that two-down back. He is no issues whatsoever, as you put it, running up the middle, running people over. I mean, he he will run into you, take you down. Uh, For a guy that I believe was undrafted, he looked pretty good last year. And then Kenneth Dixon, I think, is a very good weapon out of the backfield. When he's healthy, he's someone who can do everything. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. So I think that he – 
both of those two together are going to be a nice little duo uh, to kind of throw defenses off their game every once in a while. Because Gus can catch the ball a little bit, so you don't you can't just trust when Dixon's out there that he's the one who's going to get the ball. Because I would imagine they'll still throw the ball to Gus Edwards a little bit. Um, and then my other guy's going to be Mark Andrews. I saw we saw a little bit of that chemistry with Lamar Jackson last year, based on him not he doesn't go far down the field like he did when he was at Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield. He stays kind of close to the line of scrimmage, mostly, I think, because he's not a great blocker. So uh, he doesn't, you know, get too far away, but he's right there. Lamar Jackson is fairly accurate. Um, the closer you are to him, obviously, he, he struggles with the deep ball and everything. Uh, so I think Mark Andrews is another guy who can really take a step up next week or next week, next season, if he's out on the field more often. Of course, that's obviously going to come down to the playing time between him, Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle, and they, you know, like 50 other tight ends that they have on their roster. But I think Mark Andrews, a guy coming out of Oklahoma, I thought was really good, really uh, going to be really good at the next level offensively. I think he's going to have a chance to show it next year. Who is your dynasty faller? Uh, anybody that has a WR after their name. <laughs> and, until Jackson can uh, consistently show that he can throw the ball, it, it's going to be tough to really trust any of their wide receivers. If he can get a strong rapport going with one guy, then that may make one of their wide receivers the, the one to own there. But in, in fantasy right now, I'm I'm pretty much shy in a way. I might throw Jordan Lasley on, uh, on the end of the bench just to see if something materializes or Jaleel Scott. If they if they spend a high amount of draft capital, I might throw throw that person on the end of my bench in a rookie draft. But I don't have any any real expectation this season that their wide receivers are gonna um, produce decent numbers. It's more of, a, oh, it's a bye week and I need a body and this is who I have, so I guess I'm going to stick him in the lineup and hope he catches a touchdown pass for some strange reason. So their, their wide receivers are going to struggle. If you have, if you have leagues that uh, in their quarterback position, you get points per completion or things like that that focus on you know, six-point touchdown passes, um, then that could depress Lamar Jackson's value some. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. It's hard to say, too, who the wide receivers are going to be because, as we touched on, Jaleel Scott and Jordan Lasley are two guys that we like that could step up into those roles, but we just don't know at this point. So for me, I'm right there with you. I think the only receiving option altogether that I trust right now is Mark Andrews. Um, so for that, I really can't give a, a dynasty faller, in my opinion, because we just don't know who they're going to be. But I agree with you. If I had to choose one, it would be someone at the wide receiver position. I'd imagine one of those guys will kind of gain a nice little rapport with Lamar Jackson through spring training or spring training. My goodness. Sorry guys. I, I'm in semi baseball mode cause I am a big baseball fan. Your baseball stuff, <laughs> I swear. Uh, during the training camps and everything, I imagine they'll be able to kind of get a good rapport with Lamar Jackson, obviously the preseason stuff as well. Um, and we'll kind of see where that goes. Um, but right now I'm just going to, We'll hold off, and I'll save a I'll follower for when we do our, our 2019 previews, because at least then we'll have an idea of what the roster looks like. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is 8-Bit Ray from the Gorilla Brain Podcast, part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Did you know that you could be using this spot to advertise your company or business? Well, I've done the research, and PodcastInsights.com report that podcast listeners are loyal, affluent, and mostly college-educated. 
but most importantly, are five times more likely to interact with the ad they hear on their favorite podcast than an ad from any other medium. If you would like to advertise your company or brand with our network, it's simple. All you have to do is send an email to marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. I'll say it one more time, marketing at pulsepodcastnetwork.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I honestly don't want to talk about them. We're only doing it because I feel like we're contractually obligated to. Uh, so obviously, no real coaching. Yeah, there's no uh, no real coaching changes here or anything. Um, the biggest thing, I guess, the team question is: What do you think this offense is going to be next year? You've got no Lev Bell, no Antonio Brown. Obviously, or at least we think no Antonio Brown. He has not been moved yet as of the recording of this podcast. So what do you think this offense is going to look like with James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster, and James Washington? It's going to look just like it did last year. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. You think so? Okay. I I, I think Washington is going to step he, – he is going to have to step up and take some pressure off of Juju – they're going to bring in a wide receiver to take Washington's place as the third wide receiver. But it wasn't like Washington tore the place up. It's it's very top two focused uh, when it comes to the, the wide receiver position. Washington has the dropsies. Then there might be a problem. But they're going to run the same offense. It's just now Juju is going to take Antonio Brown's place who took Mike Wallace's place, who took Emmanuel Sanders' place. Um, it, it just That's sort of how they roll there. And they'll run the offense. They've got Connor. They've got Jalen Samuels. They're gonna, I don't think they're going to change anything. It's what their offense is, what it is. And it may be not as good because, you know, Antonio Brown is an elite wide receiver. But Juju was wide receiver eight last year, mm-hmm. so it's not like I, I don't think we can chalk all of that up to he. Well, he played across from Antonio Brown. Wide receiver eight was pretty high, you know, so he he earned some of that on his own merit, and it's reasonable to expect he's going to continue to progress. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for me because that is the narrative on Juju that he should. A lot of people are not necessarily down on him, but they'll say, "Well, now he doesn't have that elite wide receiver cross from him yet." He still had some good games when Antonio Brown wasn't there. Um, obviously, if you go back and look at the Week 17 game that Antonio Brown didn't play, and Juju was still very effective. Yes, he had a, a fumble at the end of the game that did cost them that, but that was just because he was trying to make a play. It happens. Uh, you know, in all honesty, that's the one time. He's the actually one player I like on the Steelers, which is even hard for me to admit, but, man, that kid is just awesome to watch, and, and he's a fun guy if anybody follows him on social media. Uh, so I actually kind of felt bad for him in that moment but um yeah i i think he's gonna be just fine i'm right there with you i think he's still gonna be a top 12 receiving option we saw it last year i know again that people are gonna say well he was opposite antonio brown but big ben went to him more often than he did antonio brown in the big moments he went to juju the real only separation between those two was the touchdowns that antonio brown scored so Maybe that's something that will progress for Juju going into this next season because Big Ben knows he doesn't have to force feed the ball to Antonio Brown near the red zone. Maybe now 
how he's going to go to Juju. I do think that we, I agree with you that the big thing is going to be can James Washington step up and do what Juju did for Antonio Brown? Because if he can, then Juju's not going to get double or triple covered because people are going to have to worry about James Washington. So he's going to be the key for me, I think. I do think James Conner is going to take a little bit of a step back. I, I do like him. I, I think he's an awesome running back. I traded him in one of my home dynasty leagues and I've regretted that decision ever since um, but I uh, I do think he's going to be good still just not quite as good as he was last year because I think Jalen Samuels is also going to kind of step up and they're going to use him solely based on what we saw out of him last year he proved that he needs to be out on the field because he is a dynamic weapon so I think the two of those guys are going to split carries and kind of cannibalize each other a little bit well I wouldn't be surprised to see them use uh, Samuels out of the slot in three wide receiver sets He's a, very, he's a very good receiver. Mm-hmm. And then that allows you to keep Juju and Washington both on the outside. You got Vance McDonald and Jalen Samuels uh, on the inside, and then uh, Connor in the backfield. That could be an interesting setup with the existing roster that gets five people on the field that can, can make some plays. Yeah, that, that would be. That'd be very interesting to see because then you're trying to cover three dynamic weapons all at once, and we know there's going to be a mismatch somewhere. So, hey, but And I agree with you, but I, I do think if they start doing that, then it's the same thing. James Conner is going to lose out on some work. Like I said, I'm not, I don't think he's going to be somewhere he drops down to like a mid-tier RB2. I still think he's going to be a top 12, 13-ish option, uh, but I just think he's going to lose some work to Jalen Samuels just based on what he showed last year. Uh, so we touched on in there, obviously, the, the big free agents they're losing, and not necessarily free agents in Antonio Brown, but Le'Veon Bell, gone. A.B. is likely gone. Uh, Jesse James, who I'm not that big on them losing. I, I like Vance McDonald more anyway. Jesse James was one of those guys who, who kind of had like one good game out of every six, seven weeks. So not not someone that is too big a deal for me. Do you have uh, anything you'd like to add on those free agents? Obviously, uh, like I said, I don't think any of those guys are that big of a deal. No, I I, I don't think that really impacts them. Vance is, is uh, he's right at that age at 28 right now where he's coming into that prime for a second-tier tight end. He's settling into Pittsburgh now. He's been there a couple years. He's a dynamic wide receiver and a good blocker, so yeah. he, I would expect him to be the starter. He had 72 targets last year, caught 50 of them. For me, I want to see Vance get more of an opportunity because he's shown that he can be a, a really nice two-way tight end. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know, I don't know that Jesse James is, is going to take that step step on an offense yeah so vance vance is my guy I, i've had vance win me some games over the past two three years so yeah. i don't know i have a soft spot for vance even though he's a stealer no i'm right there with you i, I like vance I, like i said he's um, a lot of people were picking him up in leagues last year because he was he started to become more and more consistent um and i, I think that's exactly where it's going to go i think he's kind of becoming the heath miller of this offense, so to say, like the guy that they're going to go to in some big spots, um, he'll get you some touchdowns again. Vance McDonald, and, and I think I don't know. I'll, I'll ask if you agree with me because I think he has a chance to be right up there in that top twelve to fourteen options at tight end, just based on how bad the position is right now. I mean, if that's an ex- it can be an explosive offense. We've seen out of Pittsburgh, obviously. So if they're getting in the end zone and that's who they're going to, or if he just does some of the stuff he did last year with you know ending Brett Grimes' life with that stiff arm. And other things, or I don't know if it was Brett Grimes, but whoever he killed in Tampa Bay with that stiff arm, because it was bad, um, and everything else that he does, I think he has a legitimate option to be right up there as a top tight end this year. 
Oh yeah, I could see I could see him sliding right into a top eight slot for the tight end. Yeah. Um, when I get around to doing my rankings, I, I I don't know that I'm gonna really be able to find that many people to put in front of him. You you, you know, there's the top, there's the big three, and then a second tier. Vance might be the first guy in that third tier. <clears throat> Maybe he moves into the, the last guy in the second tier. Consistency that you touched on, that's really going to be the issue for Vance. I, I don't know that it's necessarily consistency in him catching the ball so much as it's consistency in them throwing him the ball. Yeah, that, that and that is going to be – but I think that's always going to be an issue for the Pittsburgh tight end. I think that was kind of the issue with Heath Miller there too is because they always have so many good wide receivers there. And then, like as you were just talking about, now you add in Jalen Samuels, and James Conner can catch the ball as well, so we can't forget about that. He was very good last year in the receiving game as well. So, yeah, when, you come, when it comes down to it, Vance McDonald is like the fifth or sixth option in this offense. So that's, that is really, I think, in my opinion, I think what you just were saying is, is the only downside for Vance McDonald is that he's the sixth option, but it is a very explosive offense, so he will still get his touches at least at some point. It may not be every game, but he's going to have some very good games, so I'm right there with you. I think he's definitely someone worth targeting and everything this year. So the Steelers, when it comes to their cap room, do not have a lot. Uh, they only have about 15 mil. Um, a lot. We'll see what happens with this Antonio Brown thing. I don't know for sure how much they're going to uh, you know, if another team is going to be willing to eat some of that money or how, how this is all going to work out. Chances are they're going to have even more dead cap money on their roster with Antonio Brown once he gets traded. Uh, they've got um, the 20th pick, obviously, in the first uh, the first round. No fifth round pick and two sixth round picks. Their biggest need is all defense, though. Their offense is fairly well set. Their biggest needs are at cornerback, linebacker, and edge. And, well, as we've talked about for a couple teams, lucky for them, this is a defensive-heavy draft. So, obviously, with again, with a 15 million cap space, chances are you're not going out and getting much of anything. Maybe a couple guys... Uh, I want to say back-end roster guys, but some guys that you can plug in maybe on that second-team defense, guys that will come in on decent contracts uh, because they want to try and compete to get to the playoffs or for possibly getting played to a championship. So drafting, I'm assuming you're going to go all defense for Pittsburgh Steelers in this draft. You know, I think it depends on who falls to you and and what is what do you think is going to make your team better. My initial reaction is yes. Maybe I'm going to grab DeAndre Baker, the cornerback out of Georgia, because um, that's, that's a position of need. Deontay Thompson, the safety out of Alabama, is also an option. Byron Murphy, the cornerback out of Washington. Uh, a couple of those guys might be a little bit of a reach. at, uh, But also, you could end up with somebody like A.J. Brown falling to you, Nikhil Harry being there. And if you're, you're looking at that team and going – you know, do you want to use the old Indianapolis Colts uh, model where you put all your money on one side of the ball and hope to develop the other side of the ball but expect your offense to win the games for you? Mm-hmm. So if Pittsburgh says, well, we've got T.J. Watt, we've got Cam Hayward, you know, we've, we've got Vince Williams, we'll, we'll supplement with some late-round people and we'll believe in our ability to develop them into players. Uh, we've done it with guys like Mike Vrabel, and we've done it with you know these other players. So, what, what, if a great value falls to us, then maybe we'll grab it. But we're going to go ahead and take one of these stud wide receivers, and we're going to pair AJ Brown with James Washington and uh, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, 
or we're going to bring in TJ Hawkinson and throw him at the tight end and, and go that route. My expectation, I guess, will be they're going to go defense. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised a bit if they just look at some of this offensive talent that's there and go, uh, you know what, I, I can't resist. I've, I've, got to, I've got to take this guy. Yeah, and I, and I imagine that's what they're going to do. I, I would think just based on what they do every year, they'll draft a wide receiver somewhere because they're just good at developing them for whatever reason. I mean, again, Antonio Brown, not a lot of people think Hines Ward were going to do anything. A lot of people had questions about Juju when he came out. Uh, we'll see what happens with James Washington. A lot of people high on him uh, coming into the draft process, but they've always done a very good job of drafting and developing wide receivers. Uh, because I think a lot of it because they don't necessarily play all of them every time. Obviously we saw Juju kind of come right out and play, uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with those guys. Again, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Plexico Burris, there's someone else I'm thinking of that was all, they were all Steelers at some point and they let them all go. So they, they did a really good job with that. So I imagine they'll take a, a wide receiver somewhere, but I do think that I agree with you. They're going to focus heavy defense here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they take Baker with that first pick. That might, that'd be a really good pick. Um, I think they're, to me, their biggest need is going to be linebacker though, with uh, obviously Ryan Shazier, you know, uh, whatever happens with him, obviously, I wish him nothing but uh, but health and happiness being a former Buckeye, and that was obviously a horrible injury we saw there uh, with him a couple of years ago. But their linebacking core has not been the same since he's been off the field. That was how good he was. I think they need to try and find a way to replace him in case he's never able to come back. I know his plan is to come back and play football someday, and for him, I hope it happens because that's what he wants. Um, but obviously I think that's their biggest need, um, and this is a, a decent linebacking group, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go right. linebacker with that first pick too. You know, some interesting wide receivers that could be available when they pick in the second round are guys like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, uh, Paris Campbell, Debo Samuel, um, those, those, I could see any of those guys uh, being solid fits for Pittsburgh in the second round. Yeah, well, like I, I saw the, a couple mocks of like players. Well, I know we obviously talked about um, this guy in the the combine review episode, but like Akeem Butler. There's guys like that that are dropping into the second round. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do get a, a wide receiver that me, you, Jared talked about in that episode that we all think is good in that second round and then you're just like oh my goodness really like they're just adding another weapon but that's what they do I mean they're very very good at that again not a lot of people high on James Conner uh based on you know I think a lot of it was just nobody knew how he would bounce back from from his cancer and everything that he obviously survived and congratulations to him on that um you know we obviously saw what they were able to do with him as well. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. You know they're going to take an offensive piece somewhere and that they're going to develop and turn into turn into some kind of fantasy stud because that's just what Pittsburgh does. They, you know, I, they as much as I hate them because they're the Pittsburgh Steelers, the one thing I will say is they've always been a very classy organization in my opinion. I mean, they've always done a very good job drafting and developing. It's one thing that I think the Browns have just started doing over the past couple of years, and I hope that they can kind of uh, develop and get that reputation that the Steelers had because that is one thing I admire from afar for them is the way that they develop their players. Who are your dynasty riser? Oh, let's just do the riser first. Who is your dynasty riser on this roster? You know, for me, I guess my risers are going to be Vance McDonald and James Washington. McDonald is, he's going to be the clear starter this year. Uh, they let Jesse walk. 
even if they bring in a rookie tight end early, it's going to be somebody that they that is probably not going to win the starting role this year. Uh, you know, tight ends historically take a little bit of time to develop, even the, the really good ones. Mm-hmm. So I could see McDonald bumping up from his 70 targets to 85 or 90 targets. He's, he's pretty efficient. He's a, a really good pass catcher. So if he goes from 50 receptions to 65 receptions, 900 yards, you know, that's a reasonable uh, expectation for him. Washington is just going to be on the field more now that he's going to have to step into that number two role behind Juju. And with that's going to come targets. He has to catch the ball, though. Uh, he, he has had a, a few bouts of the dropsies. Um, but he's big. He's fast. He, can get, he gets down the field re- really nice. You know, he's a strong guy, can go up and get the ball. So that's something that they're, they're going to make use of. They like to make splash plays. They've, they've always done that. They're not afraid to throw the ball down the field. Ben has a big arm. Ben has a big body and can keep plays alive in the pocket to give guys time to get down the field. Washington getting a, a, a pretty solid uptick in targets as the wide receiver, too, there. We've seen what they can do with, with two wide receivers. So Washington should be in for a, a really, really nice year. Yeah, and that that's exactly who mine is as well. I imagine that who is going to be someone a lot of people are keeping their eyes on because, um, as we talked about earlier, I think he's going to have to succeed at least a little bit for this entire office to succeed because if they can't, if everybody starts double-teaming and triple-teaming Juju and Ben can't get him the ball, he's going to have to go somewhere. Um, I, so I think it's going to end up being James Washington. I also do think Jalen Samuels takes a little bit of a step forward as well. Um, I re- like As you said, I'd be really interested to see if they don't throw him in the slot here and there. And then obviously what he can do out of the backfield as well is going to make him a pretty dynamic weapon. Hopefully Yahoo changes their things and doesn't allow him to be uh, classified as a tight end anymore because I thought that was a little cheap. I saw a lot of people win in fantasy championships because they could throw him in the tight end position. Uh, you know, I get the, you know, play with what you got thing, but that was a, that was a little cheap in my opinion. It ended up actually costing me a championship um, in, a, in a Yahoo league. So you're not used to having your tight end get 22 carries? Well, no, no, not at all. I mean, I had George Kittle, so he matched up fairly well with Jalen Samuels, but uh, just the fact that you could plug him in there in a third running back position, or technically a fourth, running back position there because uh, he was a running back at the tight end position. That was a little, uh, just just a little unfair, but it is what it is. I mean, he said, uh, good on him. He picked him up and he played him right and it ended up costing me a championship and, that, and that's the way fantasy is sometimes. So, still a little bitter about it though because I could have three-peated, so it, it bothered me just a little bit. Lost by .5 points, uh, which really, no, sorry, .2 points, which is why it still still bothers me to this day. Uh, but yeah, I, I like both those guys, James Washington and James Jalen Samuels, to take a step forward next year. Uh, do you have a dynasty faller on this roster? No, uh, not really. I'll, I'll let you talk about how you think James Conner's going to fall off a little <laughs> bit, but even, and I'll basically agree with you there. So take it away. Yeah, like I said, I, I don't think he's going to fall off big. Uh, I'm almost going to go back to the Todd Gurley conversation that we had um, during our NFC West uh, talk there. I, I just think that James Conner is going to fall a little bit down. Uh, he's I don't think he's going to be that top. I think he finished right around 8 or 9 this season. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think he's going to fall right outside that top 12. Still going to be a great option and elite option. He's still someone I think should be drafted 
right at the top or right in the middle of the second round. I don't know about first round, but depending on how heavy, I guess, your running backs get drafted. Um, but right there at the, I guess, back end of first round, top of the second round, middle second, second round pick in fantasy drafts, um, I think he's still going to be very good. I just think he's going to lose out on some of those receptions and receiving work to Jalen uh, Samuels uh, this coming year just based on what he showed us last year. All right, guys. So Connor was actually RB six. Oh uh, gosh, even better. PPR through sixteen games, so even better than I thought. Well, still, I think he's going to drop, guys. I just, I, I think if you look back, I know he had a lot of catches, and I think that's what's going to drop back some. I think he's still going to get to run the ball a lot, and then obviously, he, if he's still putting up touchdowns, he'll still put up a pretty decent amount of points. Uh, but I just think he's going to lose out a fair amount of receptions to Jalen Samuels based on them losing AB. Yeah, he had 55 receptions last year, so yeah. that's pretty huge. Not quite Zeke numbers, but that is very, very good. All right, so that is going to do it for part one of the AFC North uh, episode here, Division Breakdown. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Check out the Pulse Podcasting Network website for all of our gear. We've got a... A new, uh, some new fan-related stuff coming up here soon that I cannot wait to talk about. It's not quite ready yet, so I just want to tease you guys with it just a little bit. But once it is up, we will talk about it on the podcast, and I'd imagine we will both tweet it out and kind of show you guys what we've been working on. So really excited to get that out there for you guys. Uh, before we get out of here, Dennis, as always, let everybody know where we can find you on Twitter and if you've got any articles coming up any uh, here recently, or not recently, if they're coming up here soon. Well, I am on Twitter at culture underscore coach. Uh, feel free to reach out and DM me with your questions. I got some guys who do that pretty regularly. It's, it's kind of fun. Uh, my my favorite favorite message I got all of last year was, hey, thanks for helping me win your league. Now, that was only one out of many, so I, I don't know <laughs> if, you, if you should have the expectation if you ask my advice personally that you're going to win your league. So don't put that on me. I just tell you what I would do. Uh, I write for DynastyNerds.com. Uh, I can be found here on the Pulse Podcast Network at PulsePodcastNetwork.com uh, with my lovable co-host, uh, Sports, Fanatic M- Sports Fanatic MB over there. Uh, I am working on a series of articles right now. I'm taking the top three to five players, uh, incoming rookies from each position and projecting their ideal draft landing positions. So as you can tell, those are going to come out before the uh, NFL draft because it wouldn't be very fun to do that afterwards. So I'm working on my right. running backs right now. You know, if, if, if I were king and could place these players on any team that would be a perfect situation for them, where is it going to be and why? So be on the lookout for that. I'll retweet like crazy when it comes out. So. Yeah, and I just wanted to just say breaking news real quick. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. If you reach out to Dennis Bennett on Twitter, you will win your fantasy league. That, that's what I heard. So reach out to Dennis well, Bennett. there is anecdotal evidence, so it might not be supported by data. <laughs> no, no, I'm right there with you. I, I, in all honesty, I'm right there with you. We've got. Uh, I know there's one uh, one particular listener that reaches out to both of us all the time, um, and I've also same thing. I've got a bunch of people who do it. It's so much fun to interact with those people, guys. Like we, it does not bother us one bit. I, as I've told people all the time, you know, yeah, obviously stuff does happen. We have, you know, I shouldn't say, I was about to say, unfortunately, 
we have family lives. It's not unfortunate. We do have families, though, that we spend time with. So every once in a while, we may take a little bit longer to get back to you guys. But it's something we both love to do. So definitely reach out to Dennis. I, I know I see him on Twitter a lot more than me. I try to get on there as much as possible, but I get caught up and stuff. And Dennis, I, I always see you not just uh, helping out everybody in the community, but reaching out to people who have reached out to you for asking for help. So definitely reach out, guys. He will get back to you, and I will do the same whenever I can. So, but we appreciate you guys so much for listening to us, and uh, you know, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed the podcast. Obviously, you can, like I said again, rate, review, subscribe. That really helps us out. Um, and then, obviously, come back for part two, which will be out here in just a couple days. So, thank you guys so much, Dennis. Have a great day, and I will talk to you later. Right on. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the room wide ready. And he's hit the end zone. Touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Only tackle them a four yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>